Hesedim is a series of reflection, usually reflecting on an issue in the society in the light of the words of scripture. You're welcome to join us each time and to send your questions or comments by way of a voice note. Look forward to hearing you and speaking with you. I'm speaking to you today about choosing leaders. The Old Testament book of Judges is devoted to the subject of leadership. It is a retrospective document that arose in the context of Israel's exile in Babylon. They were reflecting on what went wrong so that a nation that began with such promise ended up with its national institutions destroyed its leadership toppled, its people uprooted and exiled, and its cities razed to the ground. Was it because of the type of leadership institution they had developed, that is the monarchy, or was it because of the type of leader that they had chosen, a moral leader rather than a military leader whose distinguishing feature was his character rather than his political savvy and military genius. The Book of Judges is a series of narratives about the dip and fall back in governance and leadership from various periods and in various communities in Israel. But within the Book of Judges itself, almost in the center of the book in chapter nine, there is a fable or parable rich with political satire and critique. It is the fable of the trees. It says that the trees went to the olive tree and asked the olive tree to be king over the trees. And the olive tree scoffed at the idea by saying, I cannot give up my olive that makes people's hearts glad and just hold sway over trees. They went to the fig tree and asked the fig tree to be king over the trees. And the fig tree said, I cannot give up my figs just to be king over trees. Then they went to the vine, and the vine said, I cannot give up my grapes that produces joy for people just to be king over the trees. Finally, they asked the thorn bush, and the thorn bush consented and was anointed king over the trees, and it produced fire from within that consumed the cedars of Lebanon. The fable was of course a political critique of king, a king named Abimelech. And it was made by his only surviving brother, Jotham. Abimelech had slaughtered all 70 of his brothers in his quest to become king, and only one had escaped. The people of Shechem had anointed him king, and then he ruled over them ruthlessly. And in one incident when 1,000 people from Shechem were in conflict with Abimelech and took refuge in a temple tower. Abimelech got logs and piled them around the tower and then set fire to the building and incinerated the 1,000 people inside the tower. The satirical political critique in the form of this fable survives to help us think about the matter 
of the choice of leaders. It is a moot issue these days in all kinds of places and in all levels of the society. The matter of leadership is not restricted to political leadership alone. In many ways, we are called upon to give leadership or to select and approve others for leadership. This fable in Judges 9 offers us some insights. First, the matter of selecting leaders is quite consequential. It requires due care and due consideration, and we must ensure that those that are the finest amongst us are selected for leadership. The fable begins with the olive trees, and then the fig tree, and then the vine. It is making the point that candidates for leadership must be drawn from among those who have a record and a reputation and a capacity for quality output. They are to be those known by their record of achievements. It is from among those who have been given to the habit of enriching the lives of others by their output that leaders ought to be selected. Neophytes and idlers must not be chosen for leaders. It is not from those who have no record and no capacity and no output of quality that is measurable and demonstra demonstrable that we must make our choice for leaders. There is an implied critique on those who keep their talent to themselves and demure in the face of the opportunity to offer leadership, mm -hmm. choosing instead a narrower and a safer role for themselves, sticking to what they already know and are already known to be good at. To do so is to risk confining the community to the mercy of leftovers and the second bests. This is why the thorn bush, or as their authorized version puts it, the bramble bush, that is capable only of making fire rather than producing fruits is the one anointed for leadership. Leadership ought to be chosen from among the best of the best rather than from among the best of a bad lot. It is not a matter of the least common denominator. Leaders ought to come from the finest in the community. There is also an implied criticism of the community itself that is willing to settle for anything and anyone just to fill a slot. We ought to be more discerning and we ought to be more discriminating than that. Record matters. And so also does the record of one's moral commitment. The fable is a critique of the record of King Abimelech. He was one of 70 sons of Jerubabel, all of whom had some amount of eligibility for consideration for the throne. Abimelech, with public knowledge, ambushed and slaughtered 70 of his brothers with a single, at a sing, by a single stone. Only one escaped who offers this satire and critique in the form of the fable of the trees. The community knew what Abimelech's record was, and they chose him anyway. What he did in time, the same leader that they had chosen against their better judgment turned back upon them and mm. 
slaughtered their own brothers and sisters, the fellow citizens of Shechem. And they had no one to blame but themselves because they had been his enablers. We ought to know that when it comes to the matter of leadership at any level, we cannot merely be satisfied to select and also run or a straggler. Leadership has profound consequences. Therefore, those who are choosing must consider the causes and the consequences, lest we heap plagues and dire consequences upon ourselves. This takes us to the second lesson from the fable about the trees. It is that leadership must be made to operate in a framework of accountability. It is why record matters. It is why moral commitment matters. Those who lead ought to be governed by, directed by, constrained by some notion of a moral ideal. They must be constrained by principles to which they hold themselves accountable and to which the people hold them accountable. Without this moral centering and moral accountability to which our leaders are beholden, we ourselves are in danger. Power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. We turn leaders into demagogues, tyrants and monsters if we give them the idea that they can get away with anything they choose to do. The things people do to get into power are the very things they will do to retain and maintain their hold on power and worse. Leaders are those who are impelled to a North Star of moral and ethical ideal towards the standard of justice. It is up to the people to make clear that nothing less than the moral ideal will be acceptable. The people are called upon to push back and to hold the feet of leadership to the fire of moral accountability. Those organizations and institutions that have honored God and the people by the quality of their output are often those that are highly regulated in which their shareholders hold them accountable. Leadership is called upon to operate in a framework of accountability. Thirdly, by what ought the effectiveness of leadership to be measured? Leadership is leadership because there are people to be led. It stands to reason, therefore, that it is the enhancement of their dignity and the empowerment of the people that ought to be the measure of the leader. How have others feared by reason of the leadership offered? It is up to the leader to take such initiatives and to set such a tone and to create an ethos that give access to the people so that the dignity of the people will be enhanced, so that the people will be empowered to be and to do their best. When leaders are fighting with their own people and when leaders turn their armies and their police force against their people, it is a sign of failed leadership. The more draconian the measure and tyrannical the force, the greater the evidence that leadership has lost its way. There ought to be an ethos created that 
inure to human flourishing that brings out the best in the people. The more robust the people, the greater their quality of life, the more and more that they have access to those public goods that enhance the quality of their lives, the more evidence there is that leadership has succeeded. The people of Shechem had chosen Abimelech to be their king on one basis alone. As Abimelech himself had said it, remember I am your own flesh and blood. He offered no other qualifying criteria. And when Jotham, his surviving half-brother, gave his fable of critique and satire to the people of Shechem, he accused them of failing to act in good faith towards the household of, their, of his father Jerubabel, whom who had treated them kindly as their erstwhile leader and whose sons Abimelech murdered. So because Abimelech was their kith and king, they ignored his murder and his lack of quality and installed him anyway as leader. It, this is what we call tribalism, an uncritical loyalty based on kinship alone. This is not honorable. It appeals to our worst instincts and will lead to worse outcomes because it is rooted in the fear of the other that does not belong to our group. And it often leads to hatred of the other and results in anger towards the other. More than anything else, it distorts the mind to what is quality and weakens the culture of accountability and it jettisons the project of securing the interest of the people. Its frame of reference of tribalism is too narrow to choose quality leaders. Tribalism is tribalism, whether it is based on race and ethnicity, politics and religion, color and class. We ought to be governed by higher values and higher principles than mere flesh and blood. As we see in the narrative that the thorn bush produces fire that consumes the people of Shechem. This is ironic because by choosing on a basis of kith and kin alone, without paying attention to any other criterion, they were seeking a leader who would be loyal to them above all else. They got instead a leader who incinerated his own people when he could not get his way with them. <coughs> the rules by which you choose often becomes the rules by which you are led and governed. By ignoring his record, they were telling the leader that he would not be held accountable for what he does. Tribalism, nepotism, and cronyism have all become two common features of life and approaches to leadership these days. They distort our minds when it comes to quality and accountability and when it comes to securing the best interest of the people. Leadership ought to be a gift of quality and accountability and flourishing for the people. It ought also to be an instrumentality to take us from the present into a better future of peace and prosperity. Leadership ought to be inspired and rooted in the ideals of love, brother and sisterhood and community. When we choose our leaders, we must accept nothing less than quality for the sake of the community 
and for the sake of the future. And when and we must require nothing less of ourselves than to hold our leaders accountable to these ideals. Amen.